A star in the east said, Come. The wise men, everyone. Heaven's angel choir said, Come. Come see the promised one. Christ is the babe who has saves. Come to save us all. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Bethlehem calls. Well, I find that there are typically two people in a room like this when it comes to Christmas. There are those who, when Christmas music comes on in Target in September, you're excited. Oh, I can't wait. And then there's often the rest of us who use that as something to talk about for the next two and a half months about how every year does it seem like Christmas just gets here earlier and earlier I don't know which group you're in, but I know which, room I, which group I'm typically in, and that's the one that's the king of the cynics. Why is Christmas showing up so early this year? Typically, though, that's my response, but this year, I've got to be honest, if Christmas showed up in July, I think I would have been ready for it. And I haven't been quite able to put my finger on why, but I have been ready for Christmas for a long time, and I don't know about you. But I thought I was alone in this. I was talking to Troy the other day, and I know he's got the Toys for Tots concert, and you think he he thinks about Christmas all year long, but he really doesn't. And he said to me the same thing, uh, unsolicited. He said, you know, I'm just ready for Christmas this year. I'm ready for something to happen. I just need Christmas this year. How about you? Does it feel like a little bit different this year? Do you need Christmas to show up? I feel like the whole world is ready for Christmas to show up this year. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a financial advisor, and if you want to really have your finger on the pulse of how people are feeling, talk to a financial advisor, because he's saying the same thing. Everybody's looking for something. Everybody's ready for Christmas, and it seems like Bethlehem is calling sooner than ever, and maybe there's good reason for that. Well, what is it about Christmas that is so special? You know, what is it that caused me to pull out this Charlie Brown movie way before Halloween to watch it and to force my kids to sit down and watch it and get into the Christmas spirit? And they're confused because Halloween hasn't even happened yet. Don't we watch these movies in sequence, Dad? The Great Pumpkin Patch, then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas? No, we start with Christmas this year. What causes parents to do crazy things like that? What is it about Christmas? Here's what I believe. It's one of the few concentrated, hope-filled, joy-drenched, grace-wrapped moments in our year where God's presence is unavoidable. It's all around us. It's in the music. It's in the commercials. It's on TV. It is everywhere. God is right there in technicolor, in high definition, and many of us have been ready for it in July. Whether we would be willing to admit it or not, we've been ready for Christmas. More importantly, what Christmas brings, because Bethlehem is calling, and this year it's calling sooner than ever. But the truth of us, the truth of the matter is, is that Christmas for many of us can't get here fast enough. Why? Because maybe we've experienced a loss. And we've been wondering, has God forgotten? And we need him just to show up and light up the sky like he can do no other season of the year, or so we would think. Has he forgotten? But maybe Christmas will bring the hope and the comfort that we've been looking for. 
What about for those who have been hurt this year? You've wondered, does God even know my pain? I need him to to show up in a huge way because I'm hurting and I need answers. Maybe Christmas will bring the healing that we've been asking for. But what about for those of us in this room who've walked away from God or maybe we're just still seeking and we're wondering, does God even exist? Is this story real? I mean, was there ever a time where Bethlehem really called? Are the stories of Christmas true or is it just something of fable, something of mystery, something that never really happened? And you're wondering, does God even care? Does he exist? Maybe Christmas this year will bring the missing piece that your soul is longing for. You see, we're hoping and we're praying that Bethlehem's call will bring answers to our questions. And more importantly, in turn, will it bring meaning and purpose to our lives? Bethlehem is calling, and it's calling earlier than it's ever called this season. You know, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the people of God knew something about this waiting, this anxious anticipation, this is God going to show up question. And they wondered, did he, they, they were at a point where I know that God had done something for our, our, our forefathers, for our predecessors, for our ancestors, but what about me right now in my life? You ever asked that question? God showed up in a big way for my parents, for my spouse, for my boyfriend, for my girlfriend, for my friends, but how come he doesn't seem to be showing up for me in that same way? Well, 700 years before Jesus entered the scene, people, God's people were beginning to wonder if he'd forgotten them, and so he sent them a message through the prophet Isaiah. The message was that Bethlehem was calling. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us, that God is going to show up. You don't know how, you're not sure when, but promise, I promise you this, said the prophet, prophet Isaiah, that God is going to show up. He hears you. He exists and he's real. Bethlehem is calling For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 700 years or so before Jesus enters the scene, Bethlehem begins to call. But not long after, God's people again forgot. And they were wondering, I, I knew that you said you were going to come, but we've been waiting for 100 years or more. Here we are. Where are you, God? Are you going to show up? And one of the psalmists, one of the psalmists reflects those thoughts in Psalm 74, 9. He says that we are given no miraculous signs. No prophets are left, and, not, and none of us knows how long this will be. When are you going to light up the sky, God? And when are you going to light up my sky? More importantly, that's the question that they were answering or that they were asking. I wonder what question you're asking this Christmas season. But then, for 400 years, Bethlehem was quiet. 
We call it in the scriptures, in theological terms, it's called the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. God was quiet, and people were beginning to wonder, was he going to show up? Was all this Bethlehem stuff just a rumor? Was it just something made up? Was it just a fable to keep me in the game? And here I am playing these games, and that's exactly at the time of Jesus where he found his people in the business of playing religious games, about trying to earn God's favor through religious activity, about doing stuff. Some of this stuff was well-meaning and even with merit. There was something missing because Bethlehem was calling and the drum was beginning to beat louder and louder and louder. And then finally, finally, Bethlehem shows up. God shows up. And at the, at the time of Jesus' birth, Bethlehem was calling a world that was all too familiar with political unrest and corrupt religious leadership, times of financial uncertainty, and you throw in Facebook and an iPad, and an ex-pizza mogul running for president, and you're right here in these seats today. God showed up then. He showed up in an amazing way, in a quiet way, in a confusing way for some, but nevertheless, he showed up, and the story of God, the story of our lives changed forever. Well, for... More than a hundred years in my family, someone has read the Christmas story from my great-grandmother's Bible. And I was thinking last night at what this Bible has seen over the past more than a hundred years, the end of slavery, uh, industrial revolution, two world wars, a depression. And every Christmas, this Bible for years was opened and, and hope was found. And while the language today might sound a little different, my prayer is, is that you will celebrate this family tradition with me and that you'll find hope as Bethlehem calls you in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appealed unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name 
Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. God showed up. Bethlehem's call was finally answered. Bethlehem was right there in front of the shepherds, in front of Mary and Joseph, in front of the angels that lit up the sky, in front of the wise men, in front of an angry and enraged King Herod. And he's here today with us as well. And Matthew knew something about the past. He knew knew something about Bethlehem calling. And so he wanted to make sure whoever read this story was reminded that do you remember the words of Isaiah 700 years ago that came from God himself? This is the Emmanuel that was spoken of then. This is the Emmanuel that calls you today. Bethlehem was calling, and it was calling, and he said as he called that God now had a face and a voice, and as it says in John that he made his dwelling among us, God stepped out of eternity and became one of us for our sake and showed up, and we are in this very place today for that reason. And this season, perhaps louder than ever before, for reasons that we can't quite put our finger on, we know that Bethlehem is calling us. But you see, when Bethlehem calls, it always asks two questions. It always asks two questions. And that first question is this, and it's simple. What is it that you want this Christmas? What is it that you want? What carol is your heart singing? What is it that you want? Is it this? A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Is that the song that your heart is singing? Is your heart weary this Christmas season? For one reason or another, is something worn you down? Is something in the economy? Is something in a, a broken relationship? You know, what is it that has just worn you down? Maybe it's just this search for something that you can't quite put your finger on and that's brought you to this place. You might not have said it was Bethlehem calling. You thought it was the target lady on TV. But it's something so much bigger. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. Or maybe it's this. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What are your fears this Christmas? Is there something that has you afraid, that has you motionless, a fear of loss, a fear of loneliness? Maybe it's a fear of rejection. And that fear has brought you full force into this Christmas season, and you couldn't, maybe you wouldn't have defined it as such, but you're looking to the sky and you're saying, God, would you just light up my life, do something big so that I can't deny that you have not forgotten me, that you exist. I'm afraid, God. I wonder what his answer is going to be to you tonight. Or maybe it's this. One of my favorite Christmas carols. Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to the perfect light. Is there a question that your soul is crying out to find the answer? Do you need direction or discernment or guidance in a new and pressing way this Christmas season? 
Is there a pressing question about life, about family, about work, about relationships that still remains unanswered? And so you find yourself looking for that perfect light to guide you. And you've looked everywhere else for something. But maybe this Christmas holds the answer. Maybe this is the year God will light up your sky. Well, as I was thinking about these questions for myself What song is it that my heart is singing? What carol am I singing this Christmas season? It's really a mashup of all three. It's a a weary, hope-filled, direction-seeking parent of three small children, a husband of one trying to figure out, am I doing the right things? Am I raising these kids right? Are they listening? Are they hearing me? Am I being the best husband that I could possibly be? For my wife, as a follower of Christ, am I making uh, religious activity the priority or am I really following after and listening to Bethlehem's call to just be present, to be still and know that he is God? Well, as I tried to ask that or answer that question, what is it that I want for Christmas, I realized that probably my answer, my hope had been fulfilled just a couple of weeks ago during Thanksgiving. Well, many of you in this room joined me on Thanksgiving Day between 11 and 2, and those of you who are with me, you made your families mad as well because you made them wait to start Thanksgiving dinner a little bit later because you were going to go serve food to the homeless down at the oceanfront. Well, Perrin and I had done things like this before, and we'd been on mission trips and all, all kinds of things all around the world, but we'd been thinking and praying and looking for opportunities to do with our kids so that they would see and experience the joy of the season and so that they would know that there's something bigger than themselves than just doing, just showing up to church and going to Rock City and Promised Land. As wonderful as that is, there's got to be something more, some action to their faith. And so we loaded up Luke, and Luke, Zoe, and Lily. So at the time, six, four, and two. Luke just turned seven this past, uh, this past Friday. Got in the car, drove down to uh, a church down at the oceanfront that was serving food, and we walked into a room full of people. And there were about 100 individuals that were there to be served, and there was about 100 of us there to serve them. And I walked in, and I thought, well, what in the world do we do now? There's only six places behind this table, and there's a hundred of us. What are we going to do? And I could hear the words of a good friend of mine who, was, who would remind me, hey, listen, don't get busy doing stuff. Just be present with these people. And so, slowly, we started to find our way into conversations. And one conversation led to another, and my confidence built, and parents' confidence built, and we began to feel very much at home, and you could feel this sense of family growing and growing in the room as we were serving food, but not just serving, we were being present. Well, all the while, there were three small children who were watching this happen, and they started out serving cookies. My kids did, as some of you, your kids who, who were in the room, and they were serving cookies, and after a while, the food and the cookies were all served, and then what were they going to do? So as the time kind of uh, passed on and, and it got close for us to, to leave, it was about a half an hour before we were ready to go, and uh, I started talking to three particular guys that have become friends. One of them, uh, his name was British Dave, a guy that uh, had come here from, from England about 10 years ago, 
and was struggling with addiction and mental illness and was just happy, though, to be present and to have a, a warm meal and somebody to talk to. And across the table from him was, was my friend Dan, who I found out that two weeks before had just been beaten uh, just to within an inch of his life by another guy that lived on the street who stole his tent and his ID and he had nothing to show for it, but yet he was happy to be there just celebrating this meal and to have somebody to talk with. And there was another fellow named Roger who was, who was sitting across the table from me. And Roger was kind of the preacher of the room and he had lots to say and he was somehow encouraging me and telling me what a good job I was doing. And I was just like, whoa, man, just slow down. I'm here to encourage you. That's my job. You just sit and eat. How about that? Great attitude, Adam. Well, here's what's interesting. It's the whole time I'm building this relationship with my three new friends. My daughter Zoe was sitting on my lap. And if you know Zoe well enough, and after this service, you'll probably see her running like a lightning bolt back and forth outside in the lobby. Zoe never sits still for anyone, for anything, for any reason. But she sat still on that day. And she sat in my lap as I talked and just had a, a normal conversation with these three guys. And every now and then she'd take my, my head and she'd put it in her hands and she'd smile at me and then she'd put her, hand, her head back on my shoulder. And she just listened. And I took that moment for granted until I got into the car and I thought, you know what, God, I've been praying for an opportunity that my children would see this type of behavior as normal, not just as an activity, not just as something that we do because it's Thanksgiving, because we want to have a great story to go share with our family who has been, been waiting for us for an hour and a half and is a little upset because we made them wait. I wanted it to be normal. And I thought to myself, what could be more normal than a daughter just sitting in her father's lap listening to a conversation between four friends? And so as I drove away, kind of emotional and squeezing parents' hand, I thought, God, thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up, for just winking just a little bit to say maybe they are paying attention. But still, I wonder, just like every parent in this room, are they paying attention well, last night as I got home very late after working on uh, today's message, I came home and found uh, something on my pillow from my son. And you can't read it from there, but it says, I love you. And it's got several hearts within a heart, and I don't know the symbolism. We'll talk about that later maybe. But inside the card it said this, I'm thankful for my dad. Well, that's enough to melt any dad's heart, any person in this room, just to think, wow, a seven-year-old little boy would write this card unsolicited. But here's the amazing thing. is that You know where he learned that? I hope he learned some of it home, but he learned it in Rock City because that's what they've been talking about all month. He learned from Brittany and from his leaders that there are things to be thankful about, but he wrote this card. He's had it on him in his room since Thanksgiving Day. He is thankful for something. He's getting something. And in that moment, God showed up because you know what I want for Christmas? I want my family to see that God is bigger than life, that he wants to show up and light up the sky in a way that changes everything, that there is so much to be thankful for. And because of that, we have reason to give, reason to celebrate. And so as Bethlehem calls this year, we can answer that call in a new and exciting way. But you know, I want that for you as well. 
I want that for every person in this room. I want you to know the God of Christmas in a new and defining and exciting way, regardless of your age, regardless of your socioeconomic background, regardless of what brought you to this room. There is a God who is calling you, who is calling you toward Bethlehem, and he's doing it earlier than he's ever done before. But you know, I told you there were two questions. There are two questions that Bethlehem, when it calls, it asks, and they are simple. This is the second question, and it's really the question that counts. It's what is it that God wants from you? What is it that God wants from you this Christmas? I wonder what song, what carol he's singing to you. This is what I think it is. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing in heaven and heaven and nature sing that's what he wants That's what he wants. It's simple. Would you prepare room for him this Christmas? Don't just make room for him this season, but would you give him your life? Maybe for the first time, would you, would you give him control over what was his to control all along? And I believe if you do this, that you will experience a sky that is lit up more than you could ever possibly imagine and you will see and feel the wonder and the mystery and the hope of Emmanuel. God is with us because he is calling you. He is calling you. But most importantly, you will find the answers, the guidance, and the peace that your soul is longing for this Christmas. Bethlehem is calling. The star in the east said, come. The wise men, everyone. Heaven's angel choir said, come, come see the promised one. Christ is the babe who has come to save us all. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Bethlehem calls. May you hear and answer Bethlehem's call this Christmas. And every Christmas until he calls you home. Let's pray. Lord, you have been calling and calling people who are far from you for as long as there have been people on this planet. But Lord, this year it feels a little different. The circumstances surrounding us are, are, are so, at times, bleak, and our, our world seems so lost, and things seem like they just don't make any sense, and we find ourselves right at home with the people who saw you usher in 2,000 years ago. And so, God, I pray that you would show up would you light up our sky as God with us in a way that is undeniable this Christmas? 
Would you challenge each of us to answer the call of Bethlehem? Would you challenge each of us to answer the questions? What is it that we want for Christmas? But also, would we answer the question, what you want for us as well? Lord, I know wholeheartedly that it's your desire to show up to be present. So would you do something new in our lives this day and from every day until you call us home in Jesus' name? Amen.